thanks for tuning in to Motion Picture Commentary. On this episode of Motion Picture Commentary, we'll be joined once again by David Birnbaum to talk about some of the controversy surrounding Captain Marvel. So before we jump into it, um, this is just a reminder that there has been an accompanying article posted to the BTI Community Facebook page, and we do recommend taking a, a look at the article before jumping into the rest of this episode. So Captain Marvel and the fragility of male egos. That's mm-hmm. the topic for today. Um, have you uh, have you seen Captain Marvel, David? I did not see Captain Marvel. Okay. So, and is that mainly part of, uh, you've mentioned before that you're kind of a little fatigued on the whole Marvel superhero genre. Yeah. And so I, I'd been fatigued for a little bit and, I only I the most recent one I watched was Black Panther actually because there was a lot of sentiment that if I didn't watch Black Panther I'm a racist. <laughs> so <Right. laughs> I eventually decided to watch Black Panther and it's kind of the third or fourth in a row that I just didn't really love. Um and so even though I've kind of heard similar sentiments that if I don't see Captain Marvel I'm a sexist, I've I've not succumbed to that and I'm still yeah, just like to the pressure. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Um, so I haven't so, seen it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, I, I, I'm a freelance writer for comic book resources. So uh, watching these types of movies is kind of uh, something that I enjoy doing and something yeah. that is important for the type of, uh, type of work that I do for them. Um, and so I saw Captain Marvel on the Thursday preview. Yeah. And I loved it. I thought it was really fun. And it's not my favorite Marvel movie by... By any stretch and it's not the best marvel movie by any stretch but it's to me i thought it was just a flat out good movie and it was a really good way to spend a couple hours mm. um and you know brie larson was great her chemistry with uh samuel l jackson was a lot of fun uh it was just all around i just had a really good time watching it um mm. so that's what kind of like i i knew i was probably going to like it going into it just because i was pretty uh pretty excited for it anyway just because of where you know where we were left off after avengers infinity war last year and yeah uh the sort of teaser teasing in the post-credit scene for captain marvel and you know like i at one point had been going through the whole you know superhero fatigue uh thing uh, yeah. right around like 2015 or whenever doctor strange came out mm-hmm. which i believe was 2015 and I did. I had just kind of felt like they were all, all of these origin stories were just kind of melding together. They were all the same. And you yeah. know what? Yes, they are. There, there, there's a, there's a formula there, and Captain Marvel kind of follows that a little bit, but it changes it uh, in its own way as well. And it's a little bit more of a fresher take on that formula as well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean. Uh, Things kind of turned around, of course, when I started writing at CBR and, you know, just being like, uh, you know, dealing with people that are as excited for this, these movies as I was at the beginning. And it just kind of rejuvenated my, my enjoyment of them. So I was pretty, uh, pretty excited for Captain Marvel going in. And um, so that's kind of why this, although the controversy surrounding it was kind of pretty just mind-boggling to me um especially all of the uh the hate for it just because you know it's it's a female 
led superhero film. Yeah. Like we we didn't really get this with uh with Wonder Woman, but now with it's almost as it's almost like it started when uh Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige uh revealed that uh, Captain Marvel was set to become the most powerful uh character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and once like that sort of happened it seemed like the people that were you know against uh, against you know female superheroes uh movies were just like set on on edge and weren't they kind of ramped up throughout uh, the promotional material phase for for the film uh, why do you think there wasn't this do you think it's because of her being deemed so powerful or why do you think there wasn't such backlash around um wonder woman well i, I think it's largely to do with like you know wonder woman is a literal god uh she's mm. like the son of Zeus or the daughter of Zeus, you know? So like her being uber powerful and the way that she was presented in the film was, you know, fairly comics accurate, I believe. Yeah. So, um, whereas, you know, Marvel has been a bit fast and loose with, uh, some of their, uh, some of their translations from, from the comics, uh, okay. to, to the, to the screen. And again, that, that's, that's, uh, the origin story here for Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel, uh, was changed. I don't know what the uh, what the full origin was in, in the comics. I hadn't really looked into it, but uh, I, I am aware that it had been changed. So I don't know whether that had anything to do with it but or whether it was mostly just to do with the fact that it was Brie Larson who was starring mm-hmm. um, because she's, uh, you know, kind of become this sort of like uh, the people that are, you know, anti-SJW or whatever, She's, you know, a fairly outspoken feminist and um, wants, you know, inc- in- inclusion and uh, diversity and representation and all those things that uh, some of these uh, men don't uh, don't want to subscribe to. So, yeah. And so in the article, you call it like you talk about f- toxic masculinity and the fragility of the male ego. So th- that's pretty like powerful words i guess it's, right I, I, I mean it can it, it's certainly strong words but it represents to me what is a strong feeling because like we're there's there's just such, so much of a higher standard set for like women-led superhero movies even though there's been so few of them mm-hmm. that if they're not instantly like the greatest thing ever like the greatest piece of entertainment uh ever then it's just deemed like it's they shouldn't have done it or something and unless uh, it's the best it proves that it was never going to be great yeah and like that so like and that's it that's something that's come up in captain marvel reviews uh from certain places that they're like giving it crap for being just a good movie and not being a great movie and i think partially that uh black panther kind of set the bar a little high and so we were expecting another uh uh, another film that was you know would become a cultural phenomenon like uh like black panther did and which you know obviously went on to get a nomination for best picture as well um so we kind of and you know part of that was you know entertainment sites 
that's kind of our own fault for kind of pushing this as being such a big deal. Mm-hmm. And it is a big deal, but just because it's a fine or good movie doesn't mean that it's a bad thing because it's a big deal of a movie. Yeah. So it's just we're normalizing the fact that, you know, there are women superheroes out there and they can comfortably lead their own films. They don't need to be in team up movies. They don't need to be, you know, relegated to being a partner for the male superhero like in Ant-Man and the Wasp or Guardians of the Galaxy and the Avengers movies with like Gamora and uh, Black Widow and people like that. So um, Captain Marvel, you know, it's it's a big it's a big moment. I mean, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, this is it. They're in their 11th year now, uh, 21 oh, wow. movies in, and this is the first one. The first yeah. one with a sole female lead. Do you and know if are there many other female heroes in Marvel comics? Um, again, I'm not I'm not the most well versed in the comics. I, I I'm more of a movie guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, there's there's a, there's Black Widow. She's getting her own uh, movie in the in the next phase. Mm-hmm. Um, now that they've got the X Men, there's a whole bunch of stuff they could do there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's She-Hulk. Uh, Thor became a woman in the comics as well. Jane Foster ended up taking over the mantle of Thor. Uh, there's, I mean, Scarlet Witch. Um, okay, so there are yeah, there's 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 definitely a fair amount, and there's you know a lot more than I I know of. I mean, like Jessica Jones has her own uh, Netflix series, which uh, this third and final season is going to be uh, airing later this year mm-hmm. after. Because they've all of the Netflix Marvel series have been have been canceled, but uh, the third season is yet to air, uh, and that's received some pretty good reviews in general. But that's I don't it again. It's not it's not necessarily the a similar situation. You know, it's not not as big. Uh, the the movies are definitely a cut above in terms of you know the drive of the the drive forward of the MCU. Um, so and then again, I don't think Kristen Ritter is as outspoken as Brie Larson is. So I think that's a lot of what had to do with playing into it. Yeah, like they they have to kind of people might feel like they have to fight back because Brie Larson is outspoken and that kind of thing. Yeah, and you know it's it come what it come what I think it comes down to is you know uh, the, some male egos are incredibly fragile. We look at it at like we look at any attempt to to break you know have a woman break through as an attempt to tear us down just because she's outspoken and i'm not sure that she's you know out there calling for the you know the demolition of of male superheroes but she just wants you know to to be up there with them to be allowed to be up there with them uh in her own sort of leading way and hopefully that opens the door for more and it will and you know that's you know that's when uh, she made her comments about uh, having more inclusive press days. Like that mm-hmm. was the thing that was the most like, what in the hell is wrong with you, dudes? <laughs> like there's this one website uh, there. I don't think they're you know the I don't know what their credibility is as as a news website, but um, they reported on it and uh, within a couple hours they had to delete the article because they had completely you know they called it a we misquoted her as their error but 
they used the the exact quote from from the interview in uh, in their article, but they had basically twisted it to the point where they were saying that she was uh, discriminating against white men and disabled people. <laughs> it was wow. just, and I, I I read that and I was going like, that is nowhere remotely even close to what she said. Yeah, she said that she had been studying what her crowds at these press junkets were over the previous year. And she had noticed that they were overwhelmingly white males that were, you know, showing up to these events or were sent to the events by the, the entertainment sites that uh, showed up for them. Mm -hmm. And so she wanted to be able to allow um, more diverse ethnic groups or minorities and whatever to to be there for those press days isn't a large portion of the comic book fan base though like white dudes uh right like i don't i don't know the entire demographic but that's probably you know i i would say that it's probably skewed more towards uh white males but because uh, it's kind of like i guess it to me it seems like it's a bit chicken or egg right like Obviously, you want Captain Marvel, so you get more females into comic book and mm -hmm. into superheroes. But in the meantime, most of the people who've probably been following Marvel comics for 30 years or 20 years or 10 years, on a they do average out a certain way. Yeah, and I'm sure they do. But at the same time, like Marvel's always been about inclusion. Like they've been, a, they've fair. been that way from the start. And like, that was one of the most like head scratching face palming tweets that came out was from an alt-right guy who was like, imagine if Stan Lee saw uh, what the MCU had become in reference to seeing Captain Marvel. And it was just the most completely tone deaf thing that this guy was, tr that, that anyone could have possibly said, like, yeah. Because the was, whole point of X-Men was literally that. Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> there's the X-Men, and then, I mean, Stan Lee was part of the uh, the founding group of that founded the Black Panther character. Mm. Like, he was, even in the early days of, of Marvel, he was very much pro-inclusion. -inclu yeah. And then he was also involved in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He was the only person who's ever appeared in every single film within within the shared universe. Yeah. And he had a freaking cameo in this movie as well. So like it was just completely tone deaf and this one, you know, and someone just trying to I guess I don't know weaponize their stance to use you know, and using Stan Lee, but it was like it's so ignorant of what Stan Lee stood for. Yeah. Um so it was, he got just ripped apart for posting that, of course. But uh, it just, I don't. It was one of those ones where it was just like, "What are you even saying? Like, are you that afraid that yeah. a male that uh, of a female superhero that you have to make shit up about the guy who created, you know, all some of the biggest characters in this world in this in this fictional world." Yeah, <laughs> you know, like it's just the the one thing that you know I struggle with, I guess, is because to like I I understand why Black Panther is a big deal to a lot of people, why Captain Marvel is a big deal to a lot of people, uh, but like to me, I personally don't care, right? And that's my you can call it my white male privilege, like it just doesn't matter to me. Mm -hmm. And 
so then I see people claiming that I'm bad for that, right? And so and that and that's, that's wrong. yeah, and that's, that's why. <laughs> and I feel like that. Obviously, there are people who are inherently just anti Black Panther, anti Captain Marvel for nefarious reasons. But I would assume, I believe that there are some people who have my stance to begin with, and then feel like I'm called a bigot because I don't care generally. Like yeah. I'm just indifferent as and but I should be passionate. I should see the I should feel the value of Captain Marvel. And it's like, well, I get the value of it. I just don't care that much yeah, generally. That's, that, that's you know, that's fine. Uh and that's, you know, uh, people attacking you for having that stance are it it kind of just goes to show that, you know, there's some good and bad on both sides of the of the equation, but mm -hmm. um it's it's the people that are attacking those involved with uh, with these films or yeah attacking people who like the films uh, because of that or you know like it's there's you know a whole lot of mudslinging from both sides and it it's it's stupid but you know largely I think a lot of the fault has to lie with the, the people, the, the men that are like just so challenged and, uh, you know, f are so fragile about that. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think it does, it'll play into the next article and podcast as well. Cause it does kind of like, you know, it's not as frenzied a fandom because it's also mm -hmm. quite a, it's quite a broad, even though it's not the broadest, it's quite a broad fandom as well, but it's yeah. this idea of, you're in the group think as well, right? You're and and you're in you're engaged in this universe and these other people who have, you know, who are also engaged in it. Um, yeah, I'm. Well, yeah, it's just you know, and I mean, yeah, it's 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 going to tie into our next episode uh, with Star Wars and and the absolute probably in my opinion the worst fandom that there is. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's just people feel like because they're fans and they've devoted so much of their lives to to whatever it is that they somehow have ownership over over the art form uh, yeah. when, and when it when it uh, doesn't represent exactly what they view or what they're interested in out of the art form that it's somehow um you know an, an, an attack and they're, they're you know being deplatformed they're being you know torn down and whatever and it's just like that's that's open your eyes man it's really not the case yeah you know so that's that's part of why like i i just it dry it the whole captain marvel thing just drove me crazy because it was just like it was just so reactionary and completely devoid of any logic or sense and and i think they go so over the top too right oh my and like, god it's awful. And i'm sure she got like death threats and hate mail and like it's I, just I wouldn't, such i wouldn't doubt it yeah it's just so absurd yeah it i don't i really don't understand it and i don't see what the big deal it, such a big deal is about it i mean like there's uh Another one of the controversies that kind of came up after was just like some of these uh, some of these dudes were going like, oh, we're going to go see a Alita Battle Angel instead because we're trying to prove that we're not, you know, misogynist and because we're going to go see the other 
film that has a female lead instead of the one that's anti-white men, which Captain Marvel is in no way anti-white men. Yeah. But, you know, they've got it in their head that because Brie Larson's the star that she's, you know, trying to tear them down. So they went and go, we're going to go see Alita Battle Angel instead. And it wasn't just, you know, some random groups of you know neck beards in their mom's basements or whatever yeah. like this this like that group included uh james woods uh one of a famous actor yeah and you know and the stupid part about that is is like rosa salazar the lead and and uh uh alito battle angel i believe she's mexican uh or you know she's latino or hispanic um so she's not white but she also was completely outspoken against trump in all yeah. of her in and in, in the press uh the press conferences leading on her press tour leading up to the film so it was like they just latched on to this other film that and use that as their oh we're not we're not misogynist we're not you know toxic I white males i can't be racist i have a black friend exactly yeah. <laughs> it was like you're not seeing the movie uh, for any other reason other than to try to prove that you're not what you're not uh, what exactly what you've been called for, you know, the, the type of crap that you've been doing since Brie Larson supposedly attacked you. One thing I want to ask about, because I'm kind of I, I guess a bit of a devil's advocate on this front is has the film gotten backlash for not being feminist enough? Because I know that's something that happens, you know, uh, yeah. some of the hardcore social justice types seem like they can almost never be satisfied. I'm not sure. Uh, most of the the women that I, I write, uh, that are writing colleagues with me at CBR, they uh, seem to have really enjoyed the film. So okay. um, I don't know. Um, Did the I film itself have strong feminist messaging or it was more about Brie Larson in her real life has it? I think it was more just Brie Larson in her real life, but um, there was uh, a scene in the film uh, that uh, kind of brought in that uh, women should try smile, you should try smiling more, sort of thing, mm. um, which had plagued the the marketing campaign for the film. But it wasn't yeah. in any it wasn't in any way a response to to that whole controversy. So it was something that would had already been planned for the movie and had already been shot for the movie before all of that started as, you know, because it was a representation of, of what, you know, some women go through on a daily, on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, again, that was just another one of those ridiculous moments uh, where men were holding the, you know, a woman superhero to a, a much higher standard than they do, you know, the met, the male superheroes, you know, like somebody goes out and photoshops all of these, you know, dark brooding, serious uh, moments in the trailer or, or posters to have Brie Larson's character smiling in them because apparently she didn't smile enough in, in the first teaser trailer. And, you know, that was proven to be false. Uh, she smiled more often than any other superhero in an origin for in the first teaser for the, an origin story in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and yeah. and she was even no the fact that that needs analysis in any yeah, well, it, it's it absurd right yeah <laughs> it's completely absurd but it 
you know, it was one, it was something that ended up having to be done yeah. uh, because people were like, oh yeah, you know, she's not happy to be a superhero. She looks so disinterested because she's serious in scenes within a teaser trailer that were designed to be serious. Like one of the scenes was her walking off a warship with the rest of her, you know, Star Force, which is like one of the, you know, like SEAL Team 6, basically, of yeah. the Kree. And, you know, so it's a bad thing that she's got a serious look on her face. Yeah. In a, in a scene where she's, you know, about to go off to war or just came back from war. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, like this this writer at Screen Rant ended up going through all of the first teasers for every origin story uh, uh, within the Marvel Cinematic Universe and found that Brie Larson smiled more often in that teaser than any other male counterpart and was no less serious than any other male counterpart. Do you think that because, um, like, isn't she as the first female superhero just inherently going to be scrutinized more? Oh, absolutely. uh, It's just kind of when there's a, a sample size of one, it's hard like you want to have it be a higher caliber right than than if you're one of 10 or one of 20 yeah um but it's not you know like wonder woman ended up receiving you know some some oscars buzz and you know it its first trailer wasn't wasn't uh it also received some scrutiny over gal gadot's armpits for of all things hmm like there was a scene of her where she had, you know, a raised arm and like her armpits were slightly lighter compared to the rest of her skin tone as it would be for many other women out there uh, who, you know, shave their armpits or and, and use like a deodorant product. Like, you yeah. know, your armpits aren't as dark as the rest of your body is, you yeah. know, like... Uh, but you know, then some dudes are out there photoshopping uh, her armpits to make her, her all her arm uniform in color, and it was just like, what the hell, man? Like, yeah, that's <laughs> you know, we're holding them to such a high standard, and then you know, she's during the review phase of that, she's just been you know, there's some male reviewers that are like basically jerking off over her in in their reviews. Yeah. And it's like, okay, like that's not what you're supposed to be doing here. Like, yeah, this isn't this isn't a you know a a, a porno. <laughs> yeah. You're not supposed to be getting off to just you know because she's a beautiful is you know, you know exotic beautiful woman who's yeah. a superhero. And you know then there's to the other side of the token there was Tomb Raider with Alicia Vikander who's you know one of the most talented actor actors out in, in the world today she i mean she won she's she's an oscar winner and uh you know one one male critic was basically tore her apart for not having enough sex appeal to be lara croft mm. because she didn't have big boobs yeah and it like it, she ended up having to wear you know padded like she wore like a padded bra to you know give her the uh, you know a bigger appearance of breasts but like she put on like 30 pounds of muscle for the role generally you know when women put on a lot of muscle they're cut and they cut back on fat their breasts reduce in size Mm -hmm. and she wasn't exactly 
had she didn't have an ample bosom to begin with but the fact that that was you know a, a you know a talking point in form in a, as a form of criticism of the film is just like is absurd it's absurd and it's like i mean i get it like okay lara croft started out having these big big boobs in in the video game series but like that was you know 20 some years ago when uh when computer graphics for video games were pretty terrible they had to make their their breasts like abnormally huge and they were and you know fairly like triangular and pointy and whatever because they, they didn't have the ability to make uh, to distinguish, you know, they had to do that so that it was easily distinguishable between a male and female character. Yeah. And so, like, just having that as, like, oh, well, she should she should be this, you know, busty bombshell of a character, and she can't be, you know, a, a woman who's physically fit and, you know, mus- muscular. It's It's just stupid. And so what do you see as like, you know, 10 years from now with respect to, you know, female video game, comic book, superheroes, all that stuff? Because, you know, I I do think one of the problems is that as far as I know, there's not many like female led comic book organizations or news sites. Right. Like, but so what do you how do you see it kind of changing in, in the next yeah decade? Um, I'm not entirely sure, to be honest with you. Uh, I know there's going to be at least some more uh, comic book movies that are featuring more, di- at least more diverse characters. Uh, in, you know, whether that's women or uh, other minorities. Um, Marvel's definitely got plans for a much more diverse phase. And I mean, if you look at uh, even if you look at like the Spider-Man films, they've uh, they've changed a whole bunch of uh, characters, races that from the comics uh, into, into the, now the, the Marvel cinematic universe version of Spider-Man. So like, you know, they're, they're definitely willing to, to make those changes. And DC is uh, they've just cast a, uh, a deaf transgender uh, actor to play the role of a white male superhero in the comics for a tv series so there's definitely uh some some more doors being opened and they're they're looking at you know they're not they're not just gonna you know pigeonhole themselves to exactly what's on the page of you know comics from 30 years ago or whatever so yeah um and like that's one of the things with like with comics is now you know, there's been so many different like iterations of certain characters. I mean, like Captain America, uh, Steve Rogers in the comics, you know, doesn't he dies? I think in in one line, or he no is no longer Captain America, and then like either uh, the Winter Soldier, Bucky Barnes, or Sam Wilson, Falcon, takes up the Captain America mantle. Yeah, um, like there's. Uh, there's more than enough the the these people who claim like the comics need to somehow or yeah. the movies need to somehow be like oh if the character was white originally it has to be white now or whatever yeah. it's like well the comics really one they did any and everything and yeah. it's source material right like yeah it's just it's reference it's, point 
it's something to go off because there's just so many different uh, storylines and narratives within within these characters. I'm pretty sure there's a black woman Iron Man in in the comics mm-hmm. as well. Like it's there's and like Thor became a woman. Like there there's the She Hulk. There's so like there's just so many uh, opportunities where it's like you don't have like a Nick Fury for one. I mean nobody's complaining that Samuel L. Jackson is Nick Fury, but like early comics had uh, Nick Fury as a white man. Mm-hmm. But you know uh, you know that part of that I think is just because it's Samuel L. Jackson and. I think you'd be hard pressed to find somebody who hates Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> uh, and even though Samuel L. Jackson is, you know, uh, he's, he's a proponent of inclusivity and all of that stuff. Like he's, you know, definitely outspoken against uh, bigotry and racism and sexism and all of that. So, yeah. but he's just, you know, he's Samuel L. Jackson. So there's, <laughs> yeah. he seems to get a pass, but I don't, yeah, I don't. I don't know uh, what the next ten years holds. Um, just hopefully, you know, things start to, you know, people at least start to open up to different possibilities and aren't as uh, don't feel as attacked about every little change uh, from comic to to screen adaptation or you know they just you know they they're not as, they don't just they're not as fragile about you know their own identity as as a male yeah hopefully Uh, i think that's you know part of the big problem is just like we've been on top for so long and like you're it's just like one of those like you're at the top and you stay you know you see like all of these people that are trying to come steal your spot but they're not necessarily they're not just trying they're not yes some of them are some of them are trying to steal your spot and tree or whatever you want to whatever metaphor you want to use in that situation but most of them just want to have a another a seat at the seat at the top with you yeah and you know i think uh, both sides need to improve on that i mean we don't need to be as uh you know the some of the people that are that uh you know the people that want to tear tear those people down need to understand that you know that's not not the way to move forward and the people at the top need to understand that they're that not everybody wants to just throw you off. They want to be, they just want to, they just want to be there with you mm-hmm. and, and to feel like they, they're on, on a level playing field. Yeah. And so, if anything, superheroes are a good way to start that. It's like something that people have for a very long time looked up to, looked for guidance, right? And yeah. That kind of and thing. as much as I, uh, as much as I hate Bill Maher, uh, you know, <laughs> and what he's been saying about comic books lately and like people who love comic books, most of them started reading comic books or watching these comic book movies when they were kids. Yeah. And if, you know, every comic book is just, you know, selling the same old, you know, uh, old white men in power narrative, we're going to end up in the same place 30 years down the line that we are now or uh, that we were, you know, 20 years ago. And, uh, we need to be open to to change and progress and stuff like that. So, uh, and comics are one way and one excellent way, I believe, to mm-hmm. to achieve that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so yeah, with Captain Marvel, I mean, it's it's it was definitely a a big step for Marvel, uh, Marvel Studios, and I thought it was 
definitely i i really enjoyed the film i thought it was great um it wasn't my favorite uh i i still enjoyed you know some other some other films within the universe a little bit more but i don't think there there should have been there should be uh any issue with it just being a good film uh and yeah hopefully yeah hopefully people uh come around to 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 the changing landscape and things that you know we're able to progress and you know all enjoy this medium that uh you know so many people love yeah i hope so so yeah i think uh, that's probably a good spot to uh wrap up uh this episode so thanks for joining me david thank you and uh thanks for tuning in uh until next time